When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. I am Dax Holt, straight from California. Adam Glenn, out on the East Coast. How are you, my friend? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Just trying to uh, get back in the swing of things. It's uh, The Hollywood scene has kind of been in a weird... Nothing's happening. So it's just like if you have a Netflix special or show debuting now, you're probably like, yes, an awesome time to debut a show. If your show is possibly about to start being in production... Now's probably not the best time because people probably don't know what's going to happen. But I've been, things are good, man. You know, I can't really complain. You run into any celebs at all out there? I haven't. No, I haven't seen any celebs. Haven't seen any. I haven't even seen any of the entourages with the celebrities lately. You know, I it's was going to been... ask that. I was going to ask, like, so, like, if if Taylor Swift wanted to go for a walk right now, does she still have a bodyguard or is that bodyguard quarantined at their house? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, do you just have them on with, with you nonstop? I, Taylor, here's the thing. Taylor Swift is probably someone who is probably has a compound. She doesn't mm-hmm. just have an apartment. She's at her compound and she's probably not leaving that property. And that property, this is, you have a place in like Rhode Island or something like that. That's she's got like, a, quite a few places. Yes. But one yeah, I believe so, is in Rhode Island. So she's probably at that place where no one sees her. She doesn't have to, she has plenty of room to do her Instagram live workouts. So I don't think she has <laughs> to be seen by anybody. I'm curious what the life is like of a bodyguard though. Do you ever wonder that? You know, I've dealt with a lot of them. I became actually close with a lot of bodyguards. I mean, I remember Floyd Mayweather is one of the guys that I, when I first met with him, he had the biggest bodyguards out there. And not just one, not just two, but like three escalates full. And at first they hated me, and then we kind of take a liking to each other. So when we see each other, it's like, yo, what's up, Ray? What's up, dude? Or Frank? <laughs> like, we all know each other, and they understand what I'm doing. They understand, like... You know, I'm I'm there helping them out. I'm keeping them company. Like, I have a pretty good relationship with a lot of the bodyguards, you know? I always tell the bodyguards. I never wanted to hide from the bodyguards because my whole thing was, you know, being a a journalist, I want the bodyguards to know why I'm there. Like, hey, I'm here trying to get an interview, trying to get a video. You know why I'm here. You don't know why that guy 20 feet away is here. He's sitting there. I don't know why he's here. You know what I'm trying to get out of this. You don't know that person. Worry about that person. Don't worry about me. I'm not trying to get close. Well, I I think we could probably bring someone into the show right now who might have a very good idea of what it's like to be a bodyguard because he did it for so long. But uh, I've actually been really excited to talk to this guy because he just has a fascinating life story going from being a... Uh, a bodyguard. Well, let's see. Let let's go down the list of things that he's done. Because <laughs> he he's he, done pretty much everything. Been NYPD, he, Chippendale dancer, bodyguard. Now he's in producing, directing, acting. He's an writing, author. Author. I mean, literally done it all. But let's bring in Steve Stanulus. Hello, buddy. How are you? What's up, guys? I wish I was. Uh, the only thing I'm not on the list is a porno star or a, a, a Bollywood. <laughs> other than that. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, your your monologue was actually because you... every single thing you said I could kind of relate to from Entourage. We could talk about that. Well, because we have a film coming out uh, with Kevin Dillon, who's going to be in our new Red Money film. Uh, I, I wish my film Fifth Borough was coming out. It's coming out in June. I wish it was out now on uh, on demand. And, uh, you know, we're talking some bodyguard stuff. So, uh, yeah, I could kind of relate to every single thing you guys have mentioned in your uh, opening monologue. I'm, I'm so interested. Like, here's the thing. I've met a lot of bodyguards. I mean, how do – what was your background to become a celebrity bodyguard? Well, you know what's funny? Um, it, it goes way back in nine. I was never – like, again, see, like you said something prior, which was funny. When you, when you think of a bodyguard, you think of somebody who's like six foot five, 300 pounds, what, ha- what have you. Um, that wasn't the case. I, I was actually one day <laughs> I was working at Chippendales. This is a pretty funny story, but I was working at Chippendales and, uh, there was, a guy walked in and, uh, he's like, uh, I got these girls. Right. Let's clarify. Were you working the door as a bouncer or well, on I was stage? walking off stage and this guy came up to me as a dancer, as a dancer. I'm coming off as Steve Savage at that time. <laughs> Ooh, Savage Steve. I like it. And he says, I got these two girls I want you to dance for. And I'm like, yeah, all right, bud. And I went downstairs. Um, and at the end of the night, another dancer came down as we were leaving. And he's like, that guy's still waiting for you. So I'm like, all right. So I go upstairs. I go, dude, I'm a cop. And he's like, no, 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 I really have these girls. So I go back to his penthouse, there's these girls, I dance, he hands me like two grand. And at that time, I was 21, I, you, you know, might have, you could have been, uh, you know, a million at that point. And um, he goes, by the way, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio lives with me. Um, when he's in New York, would you want to work security with him? So I said, uh, yeah, great. He's like, uh, all right, I'll give you a call. So I, I could care less. He calls me the very next day. He's like, uh, Leo wants to meet you. Now, this is 1999. Leo, Titanic, the the, 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 the pussy pass. The height of his career. Right, yes. right. So he's like, can you meet Leo at nine? I'm like, well, I can't. I'm doing a bachelorette party. Uh, <laughs> you know? So he's like, uh, okay, but don't be late. So I ended up getting there about 10, 30, 11. You know? So I walk in. You know, Leo's there, uh, you know, I, he's like at that point, one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. And I have zero aspirations to be in Hollywood and I'm a stripper cop. <laughs> and, you know, again, it was tough to break the ice. We had nothing in common. So I, I had tore my ACL and uh, I, I was talking about how I tore my ACL. And he's like, oh, my God, I tore my ACL on Basketball Diaries. You mind if I see your scar? So I'm like, yeah, as long as you don't mind the G-string I'm wearing. And I pull my pants down. I'm sitting there in a the, in the thong. And uh, everybody started laughing and it kind of broke the ice. And, you know, the next thing you knew it, I was kind of hanging out, going to all these parties and working security. But I kind of fit in. So to the public, I didn't look like a bodyguard. But if somebody came up to bother us, I could always take my shield out. So that's how that whole thing happened. And then I started meeting uh, Toby McGuire Obviously, uh, Michael Stipe, Alana, everybody that was big around the 99 uh, time, uh, Alanis Morissette, uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, all those guys. Um, and then something happened with the guy who introduced us. He actually got a, in trouble and got indicted. And uh, I kind of lost all that access. Well, but from 99 to almost 2016, I, I didn't do any security. Uh, and then I got asked to work for Kanye. 
So wait, let me let me before I even go into that. So you you work with Leo. You're at the height of his fame. What do you think Leo saw in you besides a, a, a G string? You know, what did he see that he's like, man, I like this guy. I want this guy to be with me. What did he want you for as far as security goes? Well, like, like I said, the whole thing was, you know, 99 were different times. Obviously, it was uh, pre-social media. Um, you know, if you had a picture with somebody, you had to really know them because you had to have one of the either a throwaway camera or what have you. Um but there was still some paparazzi. So obviously when we were hanging out, I just looked like I was hanging. And again, I'm not, I, I'm 5'11", uh, you know, 200 pounds. I'm not 6'2", 6'3", 6'5". But I had a gun and a shield, which equals a lot uh, when, when it comes to somebody not bothering you. Um, so I think he liked the fact that I was, I fit in, you know, visually, um, I didn't fit the, you know, the criteria and the stereotypical, what you would think of as an NYPD cop. Um, so, so again, you know, it was great because I got to kind of do whatever they did. So it wasn't like, wait here and I'll see you in three hours. I was there, whatever they were doing, I was in there, which was cool because that, that opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, and in a lot of ways, I mean, I met every major from, um, you know, from De Niro to, Michael Ovitz, to I mean, I, I, you know, I was with everybody. And the crazy thing was, at one point, I'd be three in the morning with uh, Michael Ovitz. And then four hours later, I'd be running around the projects chasing drug dealers in, a, in the projects. So I, it was like, you know, one, act, one total aspect of life to the other in a three-hour span. It was, it was a crazy time. Did your colleagues know that you were doing security with celebrities and, like, with Leo? Yeah, I mean, everybody knew. Everybody, you know what, it was, again, it was a different time. Everybody knew I was dancing uh, in the police department. Everybody knew what I was doing um, with, with the celebrities. Um, and even when I would tell certain stories coming out of my mouth, I'd be like, this sounds like, this almost sounds ridiculous, you know, but... Um, Nobody cared where if today I was doing that, I, I would be terminated because obviously I'd be on some YouTube video or some, you know, social media dance stripping. And, uh, you know, I would be terminated like that. But back then it was a different time. So what was Leo like during that time? Leo, you know, obviously it's Titanic. He's going around. He's in nightlife. He's going to clubs. He's kind of hanging out with his friends, with guys. He was at that time. He's probably hanging out with Tobey Maguire, David Blaine. Um what kind of guy was Leo at that time? Again, Leo's Leo's a great guy. Um, he he he's the type of guy basically. If he lets his guard down in your in the circle, um, he's you know he he'll give you the shirt off his back. I mean, it's super cool. Uh, um, it's it, it was it's tough to break that circle of trust and get into it. But once you were in it, you know uh, he couldn't. He could be a, bit, a nice guy. I mean, uh, he, again, a lot less people that think they're a lot more than, and again, he's so down to earth and, again, just a cool dude. I think that's why we're so fascinated with him because he's so private, because we don't know what he's like on his off time. You know, like, is he funny? Does he crack jokes? Like, what does Leo do when he is not being Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, he's, he's, he's fun. He uh, he tells a lot of jokes. He's you know he he, he busts a lot of chops. Um, again, I'm going back a long time, but um, 
he, a lot of fun, like a regular guy. I mean, uh, you know, that's what I admired about him because, and that's why I think he's so universally loved because, you know, if you ask this guy, it's very rare and there's only a few people that if you ask guys, guys love him as much as women. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, he has that in his mm-hmm. appeal that universally guys and girls love, you know, Leo. Um, and respect them. Well, with women, you know, you were around with a lot of women. Were women just throwing themselves at him? Was it just like the easiest thing for him to pick up a girl at that time? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty big. You, you think about Mick Jagger and all these guys. You know, he's uh, he's up there. You know, what I mean, uh, with a lot more time to go. So uh, I was I I've been at a club with Leo and I've been at a concert with Leo. Now not with him, but he's been right next to me. And I've been around his entourage during it. And it's actually really interesting to see the entourage when they're around Leo. Uh, because one time at a club, you just see, like, you know, people are at the table at the club and everyone knows he's there, you know, and they're all aware. And they try not to look at him and stare at him the entire time, but they always want to know where he's at. And then, yeah, and then it's funny because I feel like all the girls. They want to get their two minutes with him just to see if they have a chance with him. So they're all waiting for their in, and then they get that in, and then they try to go for two minutes, and then they're just like, okay, it's not going to where. Then they kind of awkwardness, and then they kind of bail. So it's funny to see people around him as far as women go because they're all trying to get they, – they want to court him for as much as possible but have that time with him. Um, was he dating anyone at that time, or was he – when you were with him, or did you see him with anyone? That was – no, that was pre uh, – was pre-Giselle. Um, when I, when I was, uh, work, work with them and hanging out, um, it was definitely, it was pre Giselle. So, uh, it was more, I, I do you remember the whole famous pussy posse? Yeah. The pussy posse guys, uh, Q-tip was part of it. Sure. Q-tip. Uh, what's his name? The one actor, uh, Hall, uh, Toby Maguire, David Blaine. And there was the one other actor, Lucas Haas, Lucas Haas. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. They actually considered themselves the Pussy Posse. They were, hey, the Pussy Posse. Everyone knew they were. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that was, I, I was like a, a, an, uh, like an inside joke that actually at some point, I guess, got leaked out. But uh, that was like more of an insider thing. You know what I mean? They, we, they didn't walk around and say, hey, we're the, you know, we're the Pussy Posse. Um, that was something that was an internal thing that kind of got somehow got out there at some point. Hey, Adam, did I ever tell you my my club run-in with Leo? No. What's that? So (laughs) this is kind of a funny story. So uh, back in like 2000, I'm going to say 9 or 10, when um, Villa was like a really big club out here in LA. Do you guys remember Villa at all? Yeah, sure. I remember reading that. It was like the hottest club out here. um, And Max and I... Uh, and Steve, I don't know if you did. You ever watch TMZ? Yeah, sure. So Max, the, the blonde surfer guy with the long blonde hair. Yes. Okay. So we go to Villa one night. We're we're doing like actually like we're going out with a photo agency. So we've got uh, a table set up for us up in the VIP area. We got bottles coming. We get in. They let us in, and that was kind of like TMZ. Like we were. We were all over the place on TMZ. Everyone kind of had started recognizing us, and um, <laughs> and Leo shows up to the club, and he comes through the, the like bat cave that they set up for him. He comes walking in, gets up to his table, takes one look at Max and I, calls over his server, 
points at us, and next thing you know, we are getting lifted out of our chair, and we are being told to get out of the club. <laughs> no way. And I was like, no, 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 like, we're not working right now. We're we're here to have fun. We're here to party. We already got our... They didn't... We were like, but we just opened the bottle. We had already poured drinks, and the club was like, don't care. Just get out. And they ushered us out the back door, and that was the end of our night. And I still laughed at this, because... Listen, I get it. It's Leo. You know, like the last thing you want to do is be parting and you look over and the two TMZ guys are parting at the table next to you. And the next, like, of course, we wouldn't be able to keep our mouths closed. The next day we'd be on the show being like, we partied next to Leo, you know? So I, I got to imagine he he would not feel comfortable the whole night. So, but it's still funny to look back and say, Leo got me kicked out of a club. No, I, I said that is pretty funny. I, that could, if that was 10 years prior, that would have been me throwing you out. I was at a co- I was at a concert and I was in a suite and it was a uh, yep it was like yep. Earth or some sort of and there wasn't that many people in the suites at MetLife Stadium Giant Stadium and he was in the suite next to me so we could see directly in his suite it was right next to us but my suite was sort of full his suite was kind of empty it was just him and his posse and they were sort of smoking cigarettes and obviously you can't smoke cigarettes inside a stadium so it's funny because actually Cameron Diaz came by with two of her friends and they kind of sat behind him and he's kind of smoking a cigarette and actually his buddies noticed he's smoking a cigarette and they kind of huddled around him so he could hide and smoke the cigarette and a security guard came over not knowing who he was and starts yelling at him and berating him in front of all of us and we're like oh my god here's Leo DiCaprio getting yelled at for smoking a cigarette and it's so funny because his security guard knew didn't know who he was and was just yelling at this guy saying I'll throw you out of here right now and the other guys had to stick up for him it was pretty cool but he's one of the for me as a journalist a paparazzi some people might call me um but uh, you know, it's funny because he's one of the easiest people to spot because when he wears a hat, he, you know, <laughs> he wears a hat like so awkwardly where the top, the, the, the rim of the hat is facing so low and covering his face where it's like, what is this person doing? It's just so weird. Like it's, that's why he's actually an easy person to spot. It almost brings the attention. Cause you, you know, again, if you know who he is, I, I, you know, you guys do, you know, obviously know what, you, what you're doing i mean it almost it's almost like he's not wearing a hat because that's that's such a signature move for years uh that he's you know always has a, he's more recognizable with a hat than the way he wears it but why does he want to be so incognito why yeah. does he want to be so hidden do you think it's just how he feels does he he wants to uh, have some professional level steve why why do you think that um, again I, I obviously I, I can't speak for him and and again you know um I just, I would guess, again, I've, that when, you know, he's been doing it at this long time. I mean, just think about Titanic 99 was how many years ago? 98 was uh, almost 20 something. And I mean, he was famous prior, you know, uh, with Romeo and Juliet and all these different things. So I guess maybe over time, I don't want to say it becomes old hat. And again, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm just saying, you know, once in a while, it's good to go out for a walk, you know, in Soho. Or, you know, wherever, West Hollywood, whatever, and, and just be yourself, you know, not just be surrounded, I guess. Uh, uh, you know, if, if if it was somebody on the newer side, I guess maybe they want that. Yeah. But he was, all, he was always pretty private. He never really, um, which, again, I, I think because of that, going back to what you were saying, because he's so private, actually makes him more mysterious and, and, and makes him even on a higher level. Uh, you know, in some weird way. You know what I mean? That he's not yeah. 
I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that he's of that kind of like old schooler mentality where like the more photos of you floating around, the less marketable you are, the the less desirable you are to the, the movie industry. And I think he just thinks like that, even though I'm not sure that's the case. I just think that's his belief. And so you know, he tries to hide his face. He goes, save that for movies, save that for the big screen. So that's when people see. I, I agree. And again, I don't know if today's day and age, if you were an up and coming, like if Leo was coming up today, if that would, if that way would work anymore, unfortunately, or for, you know, um, but it just shows you how, how things change over time because things that again, back in 99, 2000, Again, for example, if you were on TV in 99, 2000, you were looked at as less than uh, than if you were doing movies. You were like second rate if you were on TV. Now everybody's racing the tree. You know, you're trying to get the next series because the quality and the, you know, and the amount of series and the money you can make is everybody's racing to do it. But that would be unheard of 20 years ago. So it's just amazing how things morph over time. Yeah. Will you, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. Steve, when you become a bodyguard, do you have to promise to risk your life for someone else's life? Is that what you're actually ideally being paid to do? I, you know what? I, I, guess, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't think, you know, there's no, like, um, contract where you, you, <laughs> what you say. Yeah. You know, uh, you know I, yeah. I swear my blood for you type of thing. But, I mean, again, you kind of know what you're signing on for. You, you know what I mean? I Technically, what you're saying is correct. Yes, but um, I don't know. I don't know if certain people I would work for that I would, <laughs> you know, I would actually have done that. Yeah, Michael Stipe. You're not risking your life for Michael Stipe. Are you know? You're not you know <laughs> losing your religion. Funny enough, he's probably one of the ones I would. Uh, <laughs> you know, some others you can mention. I would say maybe not. <laughs> Michael happened to be one of the one of the people that I really uh, I really liked. Were you ever put in a position where you were actually scared for your life protecting a celebrity? Just because I know that sometimes, like a Leo, he walks out without a hat. There could be a group of a hundred people that rush him instantly, or a Kanye. Like, was there ever a moment you were like, actually genuinely scared? Um, there was a there was a couple times. Like I said, uh, Kanye. I, I, again, I didn't want to turn this into a whole. Uh, Bodyguard segment, but uh, Kanye um, basically has some, some ridiculous, you know, uh, rules, so to speak. Like uh, he wanted you to stay ten paces behind him on a city street. So again, obviously, if somebody's going to come up and you know do something to him, by the time I I'd run up to try to prevent it, it would already have happened. You know, um, it was another one other time where we were coming home late from the studio when he was a little. Um, I guess intoxicated, we'll say. Um, and we, they were staying at the Waldorf. And we, uh, we we were walking. He couldn't find his room. And, uh, again, I didn't know where his room was. And um, there was an Italian dignitar- uh, dignitary there. So they had bodyguards as well uh, protecting him. So we saw walking up towards this guy's room. And I'm like, Kanye, you are you sure this, you know, I don't think so, but he's like, no, no, you know, and again, you can't talk to the guy. So we went up and obviously the, these Italian dignitaries, uh, bodyguards stood up, private security. And, uh, you know, they didn't know who he was. 
there was a language, you know, I, I, was, I don't speak Italian. So again, <laughs> uh, there was almost like a Mexican standoff. And then uh, I didn't see gotta... <laughs> The cocky rapper <laughs> walking towards you, you're going, uh, what are you doing, buddy? Well, fuck, because I know I'm, I know we're wrong. You know what I mean? It's just that, again, he, he had it. He had, oh, it's just the way. And I'm like, all right. And I knew this was, I, I saw this coming 10 steps ahead. You know what I mean? But that was like the only time I thought maybe like, you know, there could be something. And again, it, it was funny because it's because of him. Um, one of my, you know, least favorite people that I've worked with um, in, over the course of time. What were some of the other rules that he had? I'm so curious with this. I love hearing these like 10 paces behind. That's hilarious. Like, what is that going to do for you? What else did he have? Uh, again, I, well, I'll tell you a, a funny story. Um, the first day I met him, right? So, uh, again, keep it in mind now. I, you know, this is something that I haven't done in a long period of time. Sure, sure. Uh, it was like over from 2000, it was 26, 16 years now. Uh, they were looking for, you know, retired police officers with guns. Um, and I happened, it was a window of time. It was a fashion week. Um, and I said, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. So um, I was supposed to meet him at the studio. So when he gets there, we get to the elevator. He's like, uh, aren't you going to push the floor? Well, I'm sorry. We walk in the elevator. He goes, aren't you going to push the, what floor we're going to? I said, well. I have no idea. It's my first day. So he starts ranting. You mean you didn't call ahead to find out where I'm supposed to be going? I said, no. I, so he's ranting and raving. I said, bro, we could do this three ways. One, you could tell me what button to press, and now I'll know. Two, you could press the button, and I'll see which one you're pressing, and then I'll know. Or three, you could sit here all day and tell me how important your time is, and we're not going to go anywhere. And And <laughs> – and again, that was our first interaction. So how did that end? And this happened. And, and, and it happened on numerous occasions. I gave him the threes, the one, two, threes. Um, and uh, every time he went for the first option, <laughs> which, <laughs> which uh, you know. So again, we have one of the funny story. Um, I get a call. I'm really, we, we were doing 12-hour shifts. I had the night shift. So another cop that I used to work with called me. He's like, we got a problem. I go, what's the problem? He goes, Kanye had, you know, got mad. Uh, yeah, I guess he had a fight, but, uh, you know, and he's walking down the West Side Highway. Can you pick him up? So I said, okay, great. So now at this point, I'm driving a Toyota Tiguan. I got baby seats in the back. And he's walking down uh, 44th and the West Side Highway. And I'm like, Kanye. Uh, come on, get in. So he's like, uh, he gets in, he's like, you got to move the baby seats. So I'm like, bro, and it was a cold winter day. I'm like, bro, we can do this three ways. <laughs> a, you can get in the car, your front can sit between the baby seats. Two, you can keep walking and I'll meet you wherever you go because I'm not even working yet. Or three, have your friend move Elmo and get in the car. And they got it. <laughs> What I mean is, this was a you know I could write a I could have written a and the funny thing is that I, was, I, I worked like fourteen days. it was it was fa um, fashion week the guy called me back we looked I didn't want to I got begged to come back and that's when everything happened uh, with the Met Gala time but 
this was something that happened on a regular basis. I guess maybe because I was such a, I didn't give a shit was why I guess he was wanting me back. Who knows? And like I, I, Kanye you know? didn't realize at that time what a fucking pain in the ass it is to change out a baby's car seat out of a car. That is not easy. Three, no, no, not, not one. Three, three, made three uh. car seats. I had, I had twins and an Irish twin, so I had a you know, uh, you know, a two year old and two two twins at the time. It is, uh, you know, Adam. You have no three. idea. That is one of the bane of my existence. Is when my wife says, "Hey, we need to pull the baby, the car seat out of the car." I'm like, "No!" Oh, God, <laughs> oh the straps and the clips, and oh, it's so annoying. Yeah, I wouldn't do it for Kanye either. I hear you. Was it hard when you worked with Kim and Kanye? Was it hard dealing with the paparazzi with them? Yeah, again, that was all these things are like famous. Like I said, you know, um, one time we were, he was putting, he was doing the fashion show. He was doing his own fashion show, uh, and he had like a a rented out space in Soho. So um, again, they're all waiting outside. First of all, uh, there's there's no way people don't get called up front. There's no way every time they're leaving, all these people know about it. There's definitely some somebody's calling ahead. I, I, you know, that's just my opinion. So you think that Kim and Kanye is calling the paparazzi to know? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's it's coincidental that wherever we are, when we're ready to leave, there's always a you know maybe maybe you guys are just better than I think you are. But and is this um, at a restaurant or is this like public places? No, like he had a studio where he was uh, making all his clothes for the fashion show. So anyway, so we walked out, and again, I don't know who's who, because you said it before. You, you know, if it's somebody you don't recognize, I don't know what your intentions are. So technically, I'm supposed to walk in front of you <laughs> You make sure you're okay. He got mad at me for being in his shot. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, are you, are you, you know, are you serious? So um, that was another funny story, because like I said, you know, he was mad at me. He was worried about me being in his shot, you know, for, uh, again, for either a TMZ video or a, you know, Daily Mail or whatever. The point, you know, he was that, that instead of saying thank you, um, he was mad at me being in the shot. It's funny because you, you really went from the extremes of like a Leonardo DiCaprio who doesn't want to be photographed, wants to be protected what? to a Kanye who's like, get the fuck out of my my spotlight because I need to be photographed and you're way behind me. Right. And, and the thing is, again, like I said, I don't we don't have to be best friends. But like you said, if I'm there to protect you and there, you know, there is a, some sort of God forbid something happens and there's some sort of way I could get hurt or you expect me to do something to quote unquote jump in front of you for something, um, you got to have some little level of respect. You know what I mean? I don't want to be your best friend, but you, you can't look at those guys, you know, as beneath you because you know they're the first fucking guys you're going to look for when something happens. Yeah. So uh, what comes around goes around. You know what I mean? Adam, what do you what do you think about playing a game of uh, name that celeb? Uh, I, would I, th- I just think it, I'm it. like thinking I'm like Steve would be the perfect person to play this game with. We so we have a game like we have a game where we'll name off like who's the cutest celeb, you know, like that you and the, well, I want to do with people that you've worked with because you've worked with Cameron Diaz, Toby McGuire, Alanis Morissette, Leo, Woody, Kim, Kanye. The list goes on and on. So we'll we'll mm. name out the the title and you fill it in with the celebrity name. Does that sound good? Okay. All right. You, you start. I know. Let's. 
people. Wait, wait. I'll give it to all people that you know that I've worked with. Correct. In film. Sure. As well. Anyone. It's just something fits. Sounds good. Sure. I will start the questions. I'll. It's going to be like kind of like a lightning round. I'll go. Dax goes. I go. Dax goes. Here we go. Ready. Who was the neediest celebrity you worked with? Kanye West. <laughs> Who was the nicest celeb you've ever worked with? Wow. Um, I'll say Leo. I'll say Leo. Who was the most moody? <laughs> Can I answer the same thing twice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the most moody. Um, again, I have to say Kanye. Okay. I'm sorry. I call it as I see it. Who was the biggest partier or the person who stayed up the latest? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, oh, Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Okay. Who was the who was the hardest worker? You want to hear something crazy? Kanye. All right. Interesting. Kanye West. I always gave him props for that. Okay. Who is simply just a great person? Woody Harrelson, um, uh, Stephen Baldwin, Alanis Morissette. I would say those three come to mind first. Okay. Who was uh, the kindest person? Someone who was just generally just very kind, very aware, always making sure you were taken care of. Either have food, make sure you eat. I'll say Toby McGuire. Who was the best tipper? I don't. I, again, I never really got tips. Um, but everybody, you know. Well, not for you. I mean, like in a restaurant. So when you guys would be in a restaurant, who would leave the biggest tip? Oof. Uh, uh, I would say uh, the the pussy posse. Uh, the whole the whole plane. <laughs> oh, all those guys. Who was the worst tipper? Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> I was well. I was gonna. I was. I was gonna ask who would you never work with again? Oh yeah. Again, I, I hate answering the same question fifteen times. Uh, but I, I think you guys know the answer. <laughs> <to that one. laughs> well, I'd like to say that Kanye probably left the biggest impression on you. It sounds like. Oh yeah, only because, like I said, um, I was so used to. <laughs> again, it was a sixteen-year gap. I was so used to being part of something, and I guess the the reality of, of his personality, and this was before it came out that he was a little uh, bipolar. Uh, I was kind of, unfortunately, one of the first ones to say it, but um, when that whole nonsense happened, um, but uh, you know, it was like, like I said, we would go out to eat. I would be at the restaurant. You know, I if I got a cup of water, a glass of water. It would be. It would have been a lot. So, uh, by far, him. I mean, he absolutely. Wow, wow, that was a fun game. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I do. I like. So what? It, tell us. <laughs> so then, the Kanye West game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so you do. You know, you do years of working with. By the way, before I move on, because I actually want to know. What is Alanis Morissette like in person? Uh, again, she's awesome. And you know what's funny? She she actually started off at, you know singing um, like dance songs, uh, which she's a big fan of, um, which surprised me. Um, you know, you, mm-hmm. 
99, she with a jagged pill, all that stuff. You know, I, I see her, and the whole image was not exactly. You know, you would never, you wouldn't be surprised to see her dancing and singing, uh, you know, dance songs. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, she was, she's a sweetheart, and uh, that 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 was that was surprising because I just saw her as as that video. You know what I mean? Yeah, with the whole grungy yeah. type look, you know. So I would say that, you know, that, that surprised me with her. So Adam has a theory on celebs, and I want to, I want your opinion. You tell me if it's accurate or not. Adam has a whole theory about how the bodyguards relate to people is a direct relation of what the celebs are like. So, like, if a, a bodyguard is an asshole to you, it's mostly because it's coming back from the celeb. Adam, can you elaborate on this theory that you have? Yeah, I, I say with the bodyguard, with the entourage, if the entourage is cool to you and the entourage is nice people, that means their client, the bodyguard's client, meaning the celebrity, is actually a good person. Um, if they're not the warmest people, the nicest people, it's not generally from them, it's from the people around them. So they're on edge, you know, and if it just becomes – so, what, what, Steve, do you agree with that? I do. Uh, the more relaxed the, the – um the quote unquote celebrity is, uh, and the more chill and, you know, the less bodyguards are on edge, you know, it's, it's almost like, uh, being on a set, you have a relaxed director. You have, everybody's kind of doing their thing. When you have somebody that's cracking a whip or, you know, at all times you, you tend to be on eggshells and you want to make sure everything's always nothing can happen. And you want to be at two steps ahead. So uh, yes, a hundred percent, the, the celebrity dictates how the bodyguards are, 100%. So you were an asshole when you worked with Kanye is what you're trying to say. After the 10 pace thing and all these stupid things fighting with Italian dignitaries and, uh, you know, I just, you know, again, I did what I had to do, but I didn't give a fuck. So, no, I, well, I was I was quite opposite on purpose because, uh, you know, I knew my time was short there. So, um, but yeah, somebody like him, if you were somebody like Pascal, who was a, awesome and uh, worked with them for a long time as their main uh, security and bodyguard, mm -hmm. yes, he would always have to be on edge. Absolutely. Did you feel bad that Pascal got the uh, short end of the stick after France and the, the heist? Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Um, about the heist. But yes, he got yeah, he was a, a scapegoat, But um, I think. But first I worked with Kim and Kanye. Uh, together uh, was at that place in Soho when they were doing the fashion show and um, uh, Caitlin walks in now you know Bruce, again Bruce whatever you want to uh, call him Caitlin we'll do it we'll, we'll keep it politically correct but well was it was it Bruce at the time or is it Caitlin at the time that's so the made, make it the easy time. it's Caitlin at the okay, time okay so Caitlin with okay uh, six inch stiletto so he you know she's tall to begin with so she walks in and i just meet pascal now pascal if you don't know he's a big dude he's about six two six three big guy military haircut the boots the whole nine you know exactly what you think a bodyguard would be you know so i i might know him for about 10 minutes and she you know she walks in i'm like dude that chick is hot you gotta set me up and he looked at me i go too soon he goes, yeah, too soon. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it's your of somebody, 
you know, like who had that mentality all the time to somebody like myself, even as a cop, I had that attitude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, yeah. Well, as soon as I took my, I, I did my job, but as soon as I took my uniform off, I don't care if you're smoking pot. I don't give you a shit what you're doing. You know, when I'm, when I'm working, I'm working when I'm not, I'm not. And uh, yeah. again, he had to have that type of attitude because he was with them 24 seven and them together, obviously it's not an easy, it's not an easy gig. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, I, I, Pascal was great. And, uh, it's a shame that, you know, that, that actually happened at, and he was like a full person for that. Yeah. So, so let's, let's move on past your, your days of bodyguarding. You transition out of it. Then you become an actor, producer, director. Like how does this all come to fruition? Um, Sure. Well, again, what goes back to 99, I'm at a party uh, doing my stuff with Leo, and I meet this guy, Dylan Sellers, who um, says, hey, I'm doing a new film uh, called The Replacements with Keanu Reeves. Would you, you know, do you play football? And I'm like, uh, in high school. <laughs> so he's like, you'd be perfect. So, you know, two weeks later, I'm on set with Gene Hackman and Keanu Reeves playing a backup quarterback. You know, I had like two or three lines and that, you know, I started getting a bug. And like I said, the person who was like the Oz of Hollywood as a money manager back then who made that introduction, once he got arrested, I lost all of it. So then I had to start actually auditioning and doing things. I'm like, oh, you got to audition to be in films? So um, anyway, as, as, as time went on, I, I started uh, getting into like Soprano stuff. And you know, I was on The Sopranos, all these different uh, shows, and then I uh, I just got the bug to direct. I I enjoyed it, and then um, you know we did some. I did a film called uh, Clinton Road with Ice T, um, and we just did something now. We're coming out called The Fifth Borough, which is basically The Sopranos meets The Parted on Staten Island. Um, it's coming out on on Netflix on June third. Tara, Tara Reid's in it. Um, James Russo. Um, I mean, it's a great cast. It's a great, you know, a lot of uh, Vincent Pastor. Um, again, uh, Audrey Landers is in it. Um, and we just finished another film called Chronicle of a Serial Killer. Uh, DMX is in it. I think you got TMZ covered that a lot. He plays it. He played a detective. Um, Brendan Sexton. Uh, um, again, James Russo. And now we're doing a new film called Red Money. Um which is actually in pre-production, which goes back to your um, opening monologue. Where we don't know when we're supposed to shoot in June, but we don't know when that's going to happen. But it's got Kevin Dillon, Buster Rhymes, and a lot of other other people that haven't been that's announced awesome. yet. Yes, yeah, so it, it's been a good run. It's been a it's been an interesting life, if nothing else. Yeah, dude, it's it's all about the journey. I want to know how is it working with Tara Reid. Tara is actually um, is one one of the best, uh, and she's a dear friend. And the funny thing with Tara is. Again, it was a big story coming to set on the fifth row. I'm sorry, I'm just walking over here to get some water. Um, coming to set the first day, I don't know if you guys remember. Remember, she got thrown off the plane um, because the dog, she had a dog. Well, she was coming to set to Fifth Borough. And um, when I cast her, producers said, Listen, there's no way we're casting Carrie. And I said, Listen, I see nobody better for this role than her. And if she's gone, I'm gone. So I really went to bat. And when it happened that night, I'm so drinks. I'm sorry. When it happened that night, 
I got a call from all the producers, basically tell you know telling me ah, I you know I told you now the movie's fucked blah 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 blah, blah. and uh, she had to be at set at like six in the morning east east coast time and she was flying from L.A. But you know what, six in the morning, she was there, you know, with the dog, um, and, and she did an amazing job. Uh, she definitely brought it, and it was a different type of role because it's a legit NYPD sergeant role, which is way out of, you know, something she's done in the past. She's coming off like a sharp NATO, um, and she, she knocked it out of the park. So she was she was super easy to work with. And when I consider her a dear friend, when I go to L.A., I end up crashing out of place a lot. I mean, she's just, we, we, we became good friends, and there's some people you work with, you're friends with, some people you you know you have acquaintances with, and some people you work with never want to see them again. Um, and she happened to be one of the people that you know was a dear friend. I love That's it. Awesome. I, I worked with her once, and I told people that I had such a misconception of Tara Reid yep. because of all the way that throughout the years the partying and all that kind of stuff. And then I worked with her, and I was like, she was hilarious, and she was just so on point with everything. And she was there early and. Like, so different from how you would expect it, and I loved working with her. And by the way, feel free to put in a good word, because we've been trying to get her on the podcast for, like, months and months and months, and we never get anywhere with it. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's an easy phone call. I love her so much. That's an easy call. And again, oh, I'd love that. because we're going to start promoting uh, next month for the Fifth Borough. Uh, oh, that's great. We just, we just spoke yesterday, and... Uh, we have a promo where we're doing, and again, she'll do again. She'll do anything. For, she's a sweetheart, and uh, if, if a lot of this stuff is promoting Fifth Borough, she'll totally come on. That's great. I mean, I, I don't awesome. want to speak for her, but I, uh, you know, if it's something that is going to help promote the movie, she definitely would do it. That's awesome. Yeah, what's it, Steve? I That's mean, awesome. you just had such an interesting career. The transitions from. You know, working as an NYPD officer to working for Chippendales briefly, then be working with the celebrities and now being on the other side, you know, being the producing and not just the writing and the producing, but being an author, an actor. It's it's really cool, man. And you got a really cool story for your kids, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's all about the journey. So we really appreciate your time. And the congratulations with all the success. I'm excited to see what's next for you. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I had some fun reliving some uh some unpleasant memories. <laughs> People are going to love this, dude. You have no idea. I am so fascinated by just, it's a world that we don't, often get to enter you know what i'm saying like the bodyguard world is not something that people talk about all the time and you don't always have access to these people so to hear your stories i think is, is just a really cool thing you don't you don't get to hear it much so thank you for indulging us no worries. i'll leave you one you have one other quick thing i'll tell you real fast this is how yeah. I, I knew that that's you guys obviously are familiar with that whole thing when i got fired supposedly hit on cam and do you remember all that stuff yes yes yep okay so so it's funny because I, I got a call um, when that happened. Uh, it was an un, you know it was a private number. So I'm like, who's this? So the person that on the other line says, "Did you hit on Kim?" And the second question was like, "Were you a Chippendales dancer?" And I knew that I knew the next day that was going to be the story. You know, former Chippendale, <laughs> you know. And, and, that, and I, I knew, and again, I called. I told everybody. I said, guys, I just got this call, and sure as shit, that was the big, you know, that was the big thing. You know what I mean? So that that's funny. So this 
just kind of relived all tale from three or four years ago. So uh, it was fun. It was definitely a fun journey. So wait, I appreciate wait. being on. Did you hit on her or not? Uh, um, I'm happily married. So I'll say I'm happily married. No, no, that was definitely, that, no, it was definitely, it was definitely born out of proportion. No, uh, absolutely not. She's, she, she was awesome and uh, absolutely not. I love it. But I wish them nothing but the best. <laughs> well, thank you, Steve. Your life, like, like Adam said, fucking fascinating life. And, uh, you know, most people would sit there and be like, hey, I've been a, a police officer and I succeeded. Most people would say, I've been a bodyguard and I succeeded. And you've really, like, done it all. And that's very cool. So... Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing your next uh, your show, and I mean every project that you have. Good God, you got so many projects coming out, which is amazing. So, thank you again. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, Instagram it's at Steve Stanulus. Uh, Twitter it's at STV Stanulus. Facebook same uh, Steve Stanulus. Um, and and again, like I said, June third, Fifth Borough. Check it out. Uh, on demand on some limited theaters and uh, again thank you for giving me uh, the platform awesome uh, that's why you know again I'm not tooting our own horn but I enjoy hearing stories from people like that you know and it's kind yeah. of talking to people that don't get to speak these are the people that have a lot of the stories that haven't been heard yet and I mean just the story about Kanye and the the Italian uh, at the Waldorf or the Italian security just kind of walking drunk to his place and like, dude, Kanye, like, how do you tell Kanye? Or walking down the, the freeway in the middle of the night and he has to go get picked oh up. Oh, my God. Like, but you know what I think is more fascinating is someone like Leonardo DiCaprio. We will never get a Lucas Haas or Tobey Maguire to ever talk about their friendship with Leo because he's so private. This is literally the only person that's going to talk about what it's like being in the inner circle Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Like, who else is going to talk about that? Nobody. It's, it's I love so it. good. Interesting dude, man. And listen, the guy's had a long career uh, and a very exciting career, a fun career. And he's doing some roles with some really fun people. Tara Reid, Buster Rhyme, just Ice-T. It's just interesting people. So excited to see what's to come from him. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, like it, subscribe, show a friend, write a good review. If it's a bad review, just write it to Dax. Don't write it to me. You can find me at, at Adam Glynn on all social media platforms. You can find Dax Holt at, at Dax Holt. H-O-L-T. Dax, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Later. A Parkville Media Production.